Greetings, everybody. This is Christopher Messina coming at you from the Messy Time Studios on the free beaches of Florida, the last free state in America. Joined in the studios today, coming at me from Houston, the second most free state in America, Texas, is David Blackman, <laughs> an author and experienced oil and gas executive and uh, agent provocateur in the public square uh, in the great tradition of Socrates. So, David, thank you for joining us again. Yeah, I don't think I quite rise to that level, but I appreciate the compliment. Ah, it's true. Uh, I'll, I'll remember, all Socrates said was he was a gadfly in the buttocks of the public state. So I don't know how okay, much well, one could look could sink yeah. than that. <laughs> I can I can take that. I qualify there exactly. <laughs> so, so many things to cover as we talked about in what we professionals call the green room. Uh, <laughs> what what is most top of mind for energy? Well, pick it. Pick right. a topic. There's so much. There's some. Well, you know, of course, oil prices are jacking up. OPEC's having a a uh, rhetorical contest with the IEA and Fatih Birol about uh, peak oil. Uh, oh. But you know, the the topic I've been most incensed about here recently uh, is is the, the the subject with the the big offshore wind farms and whale deaths. Oh yeah, killing them by the dozens. Yeah, it's over sixty. What sixty two now? I think have washed up in the last nine months on the shores of New Jersey and New York and Massachusetts adjacent to the wind farm developments and all the seismic that's being run out there, seismic surveys and the heightened ship traffic, uh, you know, that go goes along with offshore developments uh, and energy of any kind. And uh, I, I had kind of taken a very cautious approach to this issue uh, up until I interviewed uh, a young lady named Megan Lapp, I mean, uh, I shouldn't call her a young lady, a lady named Megan Megan uh, Lapp, who was very experienced and uh, an extremely... Everyone in the 60 to me is young now, so... <laughs> well, no, I mean, she's young. She's a lot younger than I am, put it that way. But she's, she's very good at what she does. She's a spokesperson for the fish, marine fisheries industries in the Northeast. Um, and um, I, I interviewed her for my podcast and just got absolutely incensed yeah. uh, over this topic, uh, very emotionally involved now. Um, and Michael Schellenberger, of course, has, has gotten very involved with, with a, a new film that everyone should watch. The, these wind farms uh, are, are a menace, frankly, in a lot of ways, not just killing whales, which... Um, you know, the, the NOAA continues to deny any link, but it's obvious. The link is obvious and pretty well documented at this point. And the Biden administration continues to pretend there's no problem. And the latest thing, I've decided to just start posting almost a daily update on my Substack because I'm just, just so angry about it all. Mm. The latest thing they're doing now is there's a problem with the Pacific Coast wind farms off mm. the coast of California encroaching on a national marine reserve uh, protecting endangered whale species spawning grounds off the coast of California. And this was a deal the federal government entered into with, guess who? An Indian tribe, the Chumash tribe of California right. and Oregon. And in the grand tradition of the United States government dealing with Native American tribes, the government is now going back on its deal, right? To protect the wind developers. Uh, one of whom happens to be an enormous Democratic campaign contributor who's contributed no hundreds of thousands of dollars to the Biden campaign, Obama campaign, Clinton campaign, 
on and on and on. And now their solution to the encroachment was reported in the Washington Examiner yesterday on this marine sanctuary protecting the spawning grounds for endangered whale species is not to tell the wind developer, oh, you know, you're gonna have to move your project a little bit to protect the whales. No, <laughs> the solution they've offered is to cut out hundreds of square miles out of this marine sanctuary and renege on their deal with the wow. Indian nation, the Chumash Indian nation. This is unbelievable. It is, it is grotesque and a disgrace and everything they're doing to protect these wind developers is a grotesque disgrace right now. And so up people until now, that's, that's horrific. Up until now, this climate hysteria nonsense has been largely a victimless crime. It's cost us money. It's irritating. It's stupid. Yeah. But now we're going to, well, as someone sent around a related picture about these wind farms on land with the bodies of like 15 dead eagles in front of them. Oh, yeah. If these eagles were covered in oil, this would be on CNN 24-7. Oh, yeah. No question. No but question. we're killing them with wind farms, which is important because of carbon. And so <laughs> uh, carbon's dangerous. Uh, it's it, This is, it is, it is maddening. Because when I tell my children and why, when, when some people ask me, like, well, why do you get concerned about stuff like this? So you know, all this is proof positive that ideas matter. One yes. drunk idiot who had an enormous amount of time to spend in the British library, paid for by the rich child of a British industrialist, Carl, his bad <laughs> ideas have now killed hundreds of millions of people and ruined the lives of billions. So ideas matter. And this crap about carbon, it is, it is incumbent upon those of us who understand this to no yeah. longer just kind of go along and be quiet. Like, now we're killing whales... To put birds. radically mm -hmm. inefficient windmills in the ocean in right. incredibly deleterious eroding environments, calculating the amount of energy that goes into mining the materials, which we still like, so we should do that anyway, but then making these wind these turbines, installing them, and all of this activity generated more carbon to then prevent carbon. It is it is <laughs> beyond insane. It's, it's, it's not even like it's silly anymore. It's not right. even marginally wasteful. It's destructive. And I don't know how we get people to wake up. I really don't. I don't either. I, you know, I've always told people that, I, that I'm really not anti-wind and solar. Yeah. And I continue to not be anti-solar. But the more I learned about what offshore wind is doing, the more anti-wind I'm becoming. Uh, and it, these, these projects are not needed. They no. are not necessary in any way, shape, or form at all. And and I, you know, and it's not just the whales, folks. They they, they held a, a lease sale. The federal government in the central part of the Gulf of Mexico, uh, adjacent to Louisiana, a couple of weeks ago, and one company, only one company, bid and won a lease, one hundred and two thousand square acres in the in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. What else is it in the middle of? It's in the middle of what is known as the migratory superhighway for more than 300 species of migratory birds. Brilliant. And the, the, the Interior Department itself, I found a slide deck presentation that they prepared, that was prepared by NOAA. And it admits that more than 3 billion birds, 3 billion migratory birds fly this route every year, going back and forth uh, on their annual migrations. 
Right. And and these wind turbines now are going to be sited smack in the middle of this highway. Right in their flyway. Come, bang, bang, bang. Just right in the murder way. thousands and thousands of birds every year for energy we do not need. It's not necessary. And, wow. and it's just, you know, if it was needed, if, if there was a real true necessity for it, I wouldn't get so emotionally tied up in it. Sure, there are trade-offs in everything we need do. It. Yeah, right. right. But and we have, but and we don't need it because we have all sorts of alternatives to it, right? We don't need lots, it. lots better alternatives, a more efficient and effective alternative. Um, so done correctly, that's, that's what I find fascinating is that people who um, you get a glance at it, you wonder well why. But if you look at the traditional constructed um, windmills that were mainly used for like grinding flour, like mechanical purposes, right? Wind energy harnessed for practical purposes. Um, famously throughout Holland, using his pumps to you know, take water over the dikes. Like, all that was very, um, first of the height, the size, and the visibility meant that birds weren't, <laughs> any bird that <laughs> slammed into it was probably mentally challenged. It was probably a good right. thing evolutionarily. Um, but these vast spinning blades that are not, that as I understand it from the ornithologist I spoke with, I had a great one on the show, actually. Uh, they're way too big. They don't, the birds don't perceive them. Right. Right. And so they, they it's just random chance that they slam into this because there's nothing in nature that they would perceive having evolved their sight in their brains to see a 500 foot blade. It's just not right. a thing they see. And right. so, bam. And it's even worse in the offshore because onshore, there's at least background. There's trees yeah. or mountains or some part of the landscape that, that provides a contrast. Offshore, there's no contrast. There's nothing there. To provide a contrast to the blades so that they can see on a them. clear sunny day never right. mind nighttime or right. cloud yeah it's just it's inhuman it's inhumane we, uh, it's it is it's inhumane crazy. but the thing with the whales and the birds that reminds me of like the the, the climate churches i'm going to compare it to the climate church's spanish inquisition Right? <laughs> really? How how did a religion based on turning the other cheek and loving your neighbor turn into I'm gonna torture you if you don't agree with the, the obscure doctrinal points regarding the Trinity? <laughs> that that makes no sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Wow. And it is a religion. It's all a religious exercise at this point. And uh, if you don't repeat the dogma reliably, you know, they go after you as a climate denier and try to smear you and just I mean, I just had a group couple of weeks ago called the smog blog attack me do a smear piece on me and you know what i mean i know but, i was jealous they haven't come yeah. me yet i've been trying so hard <laughs> i keep thinking the more i speak logic the more certainly i will eventually be attacked but eventually they'll come get you i guess i, I guess i'm not making enough noise i'm trying i'm trying david i'm trying <laughs> so uh, uh, that that's that's the bummer side is there is there anything that 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 will reverse this? I mean, I got inspired in New Mexico when the governor tried to ban Second Amendment rights while acknowledging that criminals are still carrying around Uzis. That was okay with her in some bizarre way. But like <laughs> everyone from the sheriff to local people stood up and said, yeah. bite me. We're not doing that. Is Even there a of, <laughs> is there a equivalent bite me moment for the people who can finally say stop killing whales and eagles for energy we don't need? I mean, how do, well, we, how do we reverse this craziness? You know, it's it's 
because the news media, 90% of the news media is a part of the grand conspiracy, basically, just, just parrots the dogma of the climate religion. Most people in the public don't know. That's why Michael Schellenberger is doing all the great work he's doing. He has a lot bigger platforms than I do. Uh, I'm trying to raise awareness, Robert Bryce, but there's only a handful of us, yeah. you know, in the media who actually have the ability to write and talk about it. Uh, and it's really hard to overcome the prevailing noise. And, um, you know, to the extent people read and, I, you know, I, I mean, I've got a, a, a growing following on Substack and to the extent people read what I'm pu putting up there and contact their members of Congress to raise their awareness about it. Yeah. It's really about all we can do because the Biden administration is totally bought by these three industries, the wind, solar, electric vehicle industries. And, and the Biden administration is just going to plow ahead and move as rapidly to build out their agenda as they possibly can through next November. Because, I mean, you know, they if he loses the election, then then it's all yeah. going to get reversed. They, they always try to want to make their whatever their nonsense is an inevitability yeah. that can't be reversed. That's their yes. goal, to move as far as fast as they can. Yeah. So it's, almost, it's, it's a terrible situation with the media, the disinformation about energy that that gets spread every day is just mind boggling. And, uh, you know, it's it's a really hard battle to fight, especially when the industries themselves, you know, the oil industry and coal industry don't even engage in any real way. And so, no. you know, it's just it's, sometimes I wonder why I do it, frankly, <laughs> you know. Well, it, it is. A, it's it's funny. It is a good question. And it, it um it certainly comes up. I mean, you know, friends, family who, you know, I'm, I'm happily running my business and like, yeah. Why do you bother? It's because it's because you know that degree of apathy is why we got into this trouble in the first place. Right. New York City has elected two disastrous mayors in a row because eleven <laughs> oh percent of voters bothered to vote. That's if you totally don't show up, scary. you embolden the professional political class who just does what they want because they know that you're not. You, you know. I, I, yeah, it just it kills me. And I don't know about you, but I had such high hopes for Mayor Adams. You know, oh, because, I don't know why. Man, it's because you're not a New Yorker. That flake. Yeah, I'm not. I'm oh, not. And, he was the and, you know, worst. But I just didn't think he could be anywhere near as bad as the previous guy, whose name I've already forgotten. Starts with a B. Well, um, no, it actually his name is, is Warren Wilhelm Jr. And I don't know. Well, that's true. All these Marxists that changed their name to run for, run for office: Barry Sotoro <laughs> become Barack Obama. Yeah, Warren, Warren Wilhelm Jr. became Bill De Blasio, thereby besmirching him, which annoys me. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. And 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 he was he was a disaster. And oh, and they reelected him. They reelected him. That's what I said to all my New York friends. Like, and we left the, the day he was elected. My wife and I were watching TV, and I watched the results come in. They elected. An honest to goodness communist who bragged yeah. about going to Cuba for his honeymoon and supporting the murderous Sandinistas in Latin America. And I was like, we're done. We're out of here. We're leaving. Okay, 20 years of prosperity under Bloomberg and um, Giuliani. Restore order to the streets, fix things mostly. And then there were, you know, 20 years. You got people in their 20s and 30s who thought Times Square was Disneyland, not. Yeah hooker-riddled heroin shooting den, which is what I remember as a child. So 
And it's what it's going to turn back into. It's what it's turning back into. Yeah. So, you know, they're busy. It's absolute madness. And when they reelected this idiot, you, you deserve it. Like the fact yeah. that it's still only like 13% of voters bothered to vote. So mm -hmm. my only hope on the whales is that the environmental movement, which I largely support, got its support sure, too. from cute, cuddly animals, right? So the new the new bumper sticker, which maybe actually I'm going to make him start selling, save the whales, ban offshore wind farms, right? Save the whales. That sticker was on everyone's everyone's car yeah. in the 70s and 80s, and that was very effective. And that's why they have cute pictures of pandas, right? Um, they're killing but whales. But now we have to save the whales from people who who claim to save the whales, right? I mean, we, we have to save the whales from them now. From them. Crazy. It's tragic. It's it tragic. is crazy. So I, I don't know. You know, it, it, it's good you've highlighted it. I think um, what I hope, and this is, a, this is a big hope, is that those inherent contradictions will eventually drive people who hate mining guys, oil and gas guys like us, <laughs> to make them in an internal fight, go back and say, what is wrong with you? How did we get to the point where we were talking about saving the environment and now in the name of carbon, which everyone needs, and which, by the way, Scientific American journals and others in the 50s, 60s, and 70s extolled the virtues of industrial society for pouring more carbon into the atmosphere so we would have bigger crop yields. Right? This was a good thing, not a bad thing in their minds. Greening of the planet. Yeah. Greening of the planet. How great is that? We all build greenhouses because we like greenhouses, right? <laughs> so th there's there's not been a lot of kind of logical rigor. And one of the most fascinating uh, pieces I saw was basically kind of the, the civil war in the environmental movement between logical people who said, well, if you really believe carbon is this horrendous, diabolical, existential threat, despite the fact that you're made of it, um, if you really <laughs> believe that, the only answer is to be France and build a fleet of nuclear power plants. That's it. That's oh, easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, easy. And... You want electric vehicles with unlimited range and you can build a charging station every 50 miles, then build a fleet of nuclear power plants. And there's no more carbon. Exactly. What are you crying yeah. about? But now we hate nuclear too. Well, what do you want? Are you a child? Or do you <laughs> want real, do you really want real world solutions? Which one? Well, it, 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 so there's been a great example of that in Texas with our grid here uh, in early September, you know, as summer was finally coming to an end, the last big heat wave we had, ERCOT came within, you know, a thousand megawatts of Ouch. generation capacity of having to go to blackouts. And the reason for it was, as it was revealed a couple of days later, didn't have anything to do with power plants failing or anything like that. It had to do with a transmission line, 400 mile long transmission line, bringing wind generated power from South Texas, from wind farms that are not necessary, not needed in any way, shape or form, and should have never been built because it's not even a, a, a prime area for wind down there. Bringing that electricity to the Dallas-Fort Worth area, that transmission line got backed up and overloaded and they almost had to shut it down. Wow. And if they had had to shut it down, we would have had blackouts like we had in Winter Storm Yuri. Well, what is the common sense, the practicality 
think of the line loss in 400 miles of transmission you're oh, having it's crazy in, in what, is the, what is the rate along each mile something insane right it's crazy it's crazy and you did that and you you allowed those projects to be built the state republican run state of texas by the way so-called allowed those farms <laughs> to be built subsidized the transmission lines to bring the power to dallas not to houston but to dallas right Houston's 200 miles closer, still 200 miles away, instead of finding a way to build additional nuclear capacity, maybe expand Comanche Peak, which is 20 miles from Fort Worth, right. you know, or build a new modular nuclear plant outside of Dallas. Instead, we built those wind farms that are just worthless. I mean, really Crazy. worthless and a blot on the landscape. Instead of doing something sensible, I mean, Dallas and Fort Worth are in the middle of the Barnett Shell, the third largest natural gas reservoir known in North America. Yep. And instead of building another natural gas power plant, we built those wind farms and that transmission line. It's, it's utter insanity. And this is a state run by Republicans, folks. Yep. This isn't California. So-called. Yeah. I... Uh... <laughs> Well, I laughed because in New York, I laughed and said, well, a, um, a, New, a New York Republican in M Montana would be basically a, 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 uh, a Wiccan <laughs> communist, right? Right, so, communist. Yeah. Uh, it's all relative. Um, well, I would love, here's a proposal. I, would, I, I have proposed this, and of course, everyone who, who's in government uh, doesn't like me and wishes I would shut up. Um, in ancient, ancient Athens, when they decided to build the Acropolis, they chiseled the budget into stone for everyone to see. <laughs> it takes a while, right? And then they updated it, like, like some absurd period, like every month, right? So that's the, a lot of chiseling. A lot of chiseling <laughs> and probably a good government labor. But the, uh, yeah. the, The, the the ability of Congress and and all of them to keep the, the the swamp opaque was easy even up to the era of the telegraph right now there is no reason that we can't demand and maybe it's a constitutional convention time right uh, that maybe it is <laughs> any legislation that happens first has to be drafted by the idiots you've elected not their staff. No, no, the chucklehead in the seat. I mean, I'm sorry, the the, the respected representative or senator. Um, <laughs> you know, and I say that just because they're people too, right? Right. Yeah, it's nicer. Run for Congress, and you have a a burning civic zeal to contribute your skills to the nation. Because I assume why they all do it. Um, <laughs> great, you're going to draft this legislation, not these 800 page documents. That are impenetrable to lawyers. Have you ever bothered to read legislation? Oh my God. It's madness. Yeah. Referring to, to section two of for code 498, it modifies the comma to an end. No, 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 no. <laughs> Plain English. If you carry an Uzi into a school, we'll put you in the stocks for a week and throw tomatoes at your head. That's a yeah. piece, that's a piece of paper. We get that. That's the law. <laughs> Do you like that law? Yeah, I like that law. And then we <laughs> post it for 10 business days on this thing we have called the internet, which if Congress doesn't know, can disseminate information rapidly 
without a lot of extra marginal. Yeah, I'm not sure they figured that out yet. I, I, I don't think Diane Feinstein is familiar yeah. with that. No, not familiar with that. So then <laughs> everyone gets to look at it, and maybe it's a condition to citizenship that for you to vote in the next election, you have to have at least looked at and 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 made some comment on pending legislation more than 51% of the time. That might be too complex. But it's got to be out there, clear to understand, for anyone to read for 10 days, and then you get to tell your congressperson how you'd like them to vote. Yeah. Right? Well, that's the, direct democracy. The initial drafts of the Constitution, I think we should go back to, the first, I believe the, the original draft of the First Amendment was something like, what you know, a, a congressperson, a seat will be elected, will create for, created for every 30,000 citizens or something. And then as the country grows, basically, right now, the current average size is what, 535,000 people? No, it's like 734,000 now. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So you can't, you can't do that. So, you know, forces to make it more representative. If we head towards Star Wars, where the Congress is 8,500 8, representatives, great. We'll get better voting results than that of 435 congressmen. So I just think we've gone so far, and everyone's got chock full of all ideas. And we scream and yell and divide up, and we change districts. But like, I would just ask people to start to really think about this system is broken. No it one makes broken. decisions yeah. on seven hundred thirty-five thousand people. They don't care. Sandy Cortez was elected because a millionaire Silicon Valley statistician searched for all hundred four hundred thirty-five congressional districts, found the one with the fewest actual voters. Right, seven hundred thirty-five thousand people in her district in New York City translates to something absurd like thirty thousand American voters. Everyone else yeah. is illegal yeah. or children. We're not illegal. <laughs> There's not voters. Not citizens yet. And then, all, then you have to win 15,001, which they did. So I give him credit for gaming the system. But is Sandy Cortez representing the interests of, of, of even her district, where the New York Post shows constantly no one's ever at her congressional district office? <laughs> I, I'm picking on her. No one knows where it is. No one knows where it is, but... I, I, really, I, I really do think, and I, I'm curious about this contention... I kind of sometimes I feel like Will Rogers, like every American I meet in person, I predominantly kind of get along with. Mm -hmm. Whether they radically disagree with me or not. Yeah. But in a group, we've got this dissociated Leviathan, which is eating us. And I don't know how we stop it. The whales are one great example. No one wants the whales to die. The New England whale oil business is over. <laughs> And here's a great example. Oh, I know, I know, I know. And, and instead, you have a. Unfortunately, we have an administration that is uh, actively endangering them, and um, you know, not willing to listen to people like Megan Lapp, who pre present them with actual science, actual facts, actual information, and they just they they bend over backwards to ignore it. The other thing that they're really doing that infuriates me, and I, you know, I spent uh, about a decade doing regulatory work back in the 90s. And there is a, a principle called the precautionary principle that NOAA and BOEM and the Interior Department and all these regulators are supposed to exercise in situations, in situations that are uncertain like this. They claim, you know, that they're studying this issue. They claim they haven't 
made a definitive connection yet, but it's all up in the air. It's all uncertain. Well, the precautionary principle says, you put these projects on hold until you figure it out. So you have a definitive answer one way or the other. Right. right. And they have exercised that principle religiously in the offshore provinces where the oil and gas industry is concerned. Anytime there's right. any, you know, possible impact to marine mammals, they hold up your project until they figure it out. Right. And they absolutely steadfastly refuse to even consider exercising due caution where big winds concern. And the reason's obvious. These developers are all big contributors to the Democratic Party. Yeah. And you know that this is tragic. It's it's really it, it's really despicable what's happening. And uh, it it everyone again, you know, I'm emotional about it. I realize that, but you should be emotional about it too. Because these are very intelligent animals that we're just killing willy-nilly for energy we don't need. It's not necessary. It's not needed in any way, shape, or form. The and dumbest of this is smarter just... than at least two two senators I can think of. <laughs> yeah, at least. <laughs> at least. I mean, probably many more, but you know, to be fair, yeah. there are two that don't know what's going on and would, <laughs> would, would equally slam into offshore wind pilings if their sonar were distorted. Wow. All right, David. I think we're gonna. We're gonna I think we're gonna keep this one focused. I, I. I really want people to think about, and we'll put the links below to um. What's your name again? Lap's work. Megan Lap. M e g h a n. Megan Lap. And Michael Schellenberg is doing a lot of work to to to. Schellenberger, yeah, and he's got his own Substack where he's posting all this stuff. It's great. The irony is, um, you know, Americans rallied behind the environmental movement when it made sense, right? There's no. Um, and it's provided uh, a tremendous benefit to our environment. Tremendous benefit, and and you know, I even saw it personally, anecdotally, in the Adirondacks this summer. Um, you know, it's always it's always you know, a joke when you're fishing, you don't catch anything. Ah, there are no fish in this lake. <laughs> there are no fish in like three of these lakes I was in. Like nothing, nothing. No, no. I mean, it, and, and so acid rain had damaged the Adirondacks, right. sort of. Yeah. But I I never. This is an area of the Adirondacks we've never been to. This is in the west. Um, I'm I'm not that incompetent a fisherman. Like nothing, nothing, and and then just even wandering around looking at some of the riverbeds and looking in two of the smaller lakes. I mean, beautiful scenery, but I've never seen and stared at a lake for you know hours and not seen anything break the surface. So yeah. that damage is still true and done there, um, and we're doing the same thing to the oceans. And I know that you know Noah. Noah has so often been on the side of science. I mean, you 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 go to New England, New England coastal towns as a Noah official. Wow, I mean, you'd rather be a, a, a rabbi trying to advise ISIS, right? Like they hate right. Noah. Yeah, so they stop yeah, sure. fishing fleets. Right. They, they put quotas on cod and everything else, and they stop livelihoods. Um, so and how that's that, the they, other aspect of the wind farms. They're going to destroy the fishing industry, right? Which so is how, how Megan that, got involved. In. All of that has been co-opted by what? Some campaign contributions from people who want to build wind farms. Like, how is that? How is that political calculus even making sense in Washington I don't know. today? I don't know. We're gonna it's kill so the sad. fisheries. We're gonna ruin. Why? 
is this is this possible? So maybe it's an emotional enough issue that if people actually bother to get involved and drop a note to your congressperson and senator, it's easy. Go online. They got a form. Send them a note. Squeaky wheel gets the grease. People yell about things. It changes as the governor of New Mexico is finding yeah. out concealed carry. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And ultimately, I think it's just going to take some of these members of Congress getting tossed out of office. Yes. By angry voters before anything really starts to change. And um, and maybe a president, too. Probably so. Well. Uh, I am a big fan of the whales, much more than I am a fan of the swamp creatures. So let's, uh, let's hope we can change that. Save the whales, stop the wind farms. Save uh, the whales. I now feel like an environmental agitator. I think we need to get a <laughs> sailboat and like sail it out of the wind farms. Anyway, David, thank you so much. Uh, thank have you. A tremendous weekend. Uh, you too. Those of us who are uh, celebrating the new year, happy new year. Uh, and hopefully we'll have a new year full of um, whales living happily instead of dying. Cheers. Cheers. Learn what Bitcoin is, how it works, and why it matters. Bitcoin 101, your ultimate guide to the fundamentals of blockchain.